good spot. I think it's uh, I think it's all right. I don't want to poke him in the eye. <laughs> that was awesome worship. I thank you, worship team, for all that you do every week and your commitment to bringing the Holy Spirit to our service. It was awesome. And Tom, thank you. Good to hear your communion message. And it was uh, ironic that last song was about new wine when we have this new communion. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it does have that uh, Italian wafer taste. And... But I guess communion is not supposed to be a treat. I mean, you know, in a way it is, but it's like what Tom's message was about the, you know, the, the curing of concrete. It's, it's, you know, it's after it's on our tongue that it's, uh, when it's inside of us that it uh, changes us. So we'll be okay with however we take communion. Um, I wanted to start today with a couple quotes from, uh, not, not scripture, they're quotes uh, from a movie. And, and the first one, maybe you'll recognize these quotes if you're a movie fan, but they're both about hope. The first one says, hope is a good thing, and maybe the best of things, and no good thing can ever really die. And the other quote says, hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. And these are... Um, two quotes from two different characters in a movie that I like um, called Shawshank Redemption. I have the privilege as my kids have grown older of enjoying movies with them and, and more so than just watching movies together, we like to uh, memorize the line. It drives my, my wife crazy when we say the lines before they say them on the TV. But Nick's especially good at it and uh, when we're ever together uh, playing games or just hanging out, we like to quiz each other and quote these movie lines. And um, Nick will always drop a line and then he'll ask Pam, what movie is that from? And uh, she always guesses, Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that makes her right about 50% of the time because that's one of Nick's uh, favorite movies, but it's kind of funny because he'll drop another, he'll drop a line from another movie like Toy Story, and, and what movie is that from, Mom? She'll say, Godfather, and he'll say, no, that was Woody, not Don Corleone. <laughs> movies aren't always about uh, what they seem or what the title might signify, and we always tell Pam, Rocky isn't really a boxing movie. We love, that's, that's maybe Nick's favorite movie, and we watch it a lot. And um, Rocky's a love story. And uh, it, if you've watched the movie, and at the end, when there's all the music and the crescendos coming up to the final, the final scene, and Adrian's trying to get through this mass of people up into the ring, you don't even really hear the announcer uh, announce who, who won the fight. It's almost irrelevant. Um, Rocky doesn't care, really, that he lost the fight. He, he cares that Adrian lost her hat. And... Um, the last line of that movie is, I love you. So Shawshank Redemption is a, uh, another favorite movie. We can get, we got, got the slide up there, those two characters that I quoted earlier. Uh, Nick and Alex and I went about a year and a half ago and toured over in Mansfield, the, the reformatory where the prison uh, scenes were actually filmed. 
And the movie Shawshank Redemption um, isn't really about a prison escape, even, even though as you watch it, that's what it is. But as the title does signify here, it's about redemption and it's about justice. And, and moreover, if you know the movie, um, it's about hope. And the two characters that I quoted earlier obviously have a different perspective. Those two quotes are polar opposite. Their um, life experiences have made their idea of what hope is, you know, totally opposite. So um, it's not a Christian movie, but there are Christian themes in there that, that we can draw from. So the first quote, the positive one, was from Andy Dufresne, and he was actually, in the movie, falsely accused and convicted of a double murder. So he was in prison serving two life sentences. And um, the, other, the other quote where the man says that hope is dangerous and can drive a man insane, um, that was from uh, Leon Redding, which is his name. He's just known as Red in the movie. So they have different attitudes um, about what hope is, and they have different attitudes about freedom. Andy, Andy isn't into music, and his thoughts uh, can free him, regardless of the fact that he's surrounded by thick walls and barbed wire. And other people in the movie who, who were released, uh, even despite the fact that there were no physical barriers around them anymore, they felt imprisoned and, and hopeless. So it's just kind of ironic perspective as you see the different characters in, in the movie. Um, play out. So again, hope can bring re redemption. It's what we hang on to when it's too dark to see. It's funny, Summer made a comment in one of the songs that she said, even when I can't see, I believe. Uh, and that really defines hope. So the movie shows a glimmer of hope despite the fact that these people are living really torturous and hopeless lives imprisoned. So I want to read some scripture this morning. Uh, the first one, to me, shows a glimmer of hope, and it's in Matthew 12, um, verses 20 and 21. There we go. It says, A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name the nations will put their hope. So really, this is a quote. Jesus is quoting Isaiah, what Isaiah the prophet had said about him, that um, even, even the, the weakest reed or the, the candle that's about to be put out must put trust in Jesus. It reminds us that Jesus is the one to bring the victory and the total redemption. Another verse, if you uh, want to turn to this one, it's Psalm 130. In verse 7. And the psalmist is speaking to Israel. Psalm 130, verse 7. Of course, it speaks to us as well. And it says, Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. So unfailing love and full redemption is what fully heals us. It's kind of interesting, the, the different things between hope and faith. And, and really, as I see it, our, our faith is in him, but our hope is in his promises. 
There's so many things that are promised in Scripture that give us hope, and that's what we need to lean on. There's different levels of expectancy um, in the word hope, and it's evolved for some reason in today's English language. It almost uh, can be a little negative because of our attitudes. We might say, I hope things are okay. And kind of when we hear that said a lot of times in the back of our mind, we're thinking they might not be. If you studied the Hebrew in the Old Testament and the Greek words in the New Testament for hope, um, they were most assuredly confident in the end result. There, there, there wasn't that doubt that, you know, like, like, like again, when we might say, I hope things are okay, and we have some doubt that they will be. There, there wasn't that in the original meetings of hope. So we need to be confident in the end result, again, even when we're in darkness. It's okay to hope for things. It helps free you to put your faith and your trust in the Lord. So without that hope, I think it's hard. Again, they're kind of tr- the faith, the faith and hope are intertwined. But it's uh, it's hard not to have faith and trust in Jesus if you don't hope in His promises. So full redemption comes in the end. Titus one two says God does God does not lie. And he promised us eternal life. And that is a scripture of hope. The word hope isn't in it, but eternal life is, is really the promise that we lean on the most. It's our future, not just in this life, but in the eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18 reminds us this life is temporary. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So you're not alone if you feel helpless. And again, Kevin spoke about this last week. At the, at the death of Jesus, the apostles felt that hopelessness. They were going back to what they knew and felt comfortable with their life. I'm going fishing. They felt a different level of hopelessness at, at that moment until the resurrection that changed everything that morning and that still changes everything this morning the resurrection it's what brings hope it's what sets you free and it's what allows you to trust in Jesus to bring you redemption to bring your victory and again this scripture reminds us this life is temporary and the next one is eternal and it is okay to hope for things I often felt like you feel odd saying that. I even I texted Pastor Rick today and I said, you know, I hope you're feeling better. And I'm like, all right, the Christian thing to do is say, I'll pray for your healing. And of course, but, but you shouldn't feel guilty about saying I hope for things. You know, I hope you're healed. It's okay. First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. So again, the the faith, hope, and love that is intertwined in in that scripture and in many others. So each of those things, the faith, hope, and love, kind of relies on on each other to, to lift those things up. It's hard to explain. 
But each of those things is hardly possible without, without the other. Again, hope is necessary for faith and for love and for trust. If you, if, you, if you are in that hopeless state, what do you put your trust in? Back to the movies, Red spent his whole life uh, avoiding hope because he felt he'd be let down. If the things that he hoped for, if he wouldn't see them come to fruition, it was a disappointment to him. So as you look at the, the character uh, read in that movie, he had uh, some level of the other things. He had some level of love because he at least had a deep friendship with Andy, but he didn't have faith, and he wasn't, he wasn't set free until hope entered that equation. He had some other things in, in prison, but when hope entered in, in, in the form of Andy and what uh, his philosophy was, uh, it, it changed. By the end of the movie, Red didn't have that he wouldn't say that quote again that love was dangerous or that hope was dangerous or, or or hope would drive him insane anymore. He had changed due to the hope that entered into the equation. And Andy created that soft spot, that one little spot in Red's heart that where the ice uh, the ice melted. Andy once told Red of a beach in Mexico on the Pacific Ocean, and the the word Pacific, you know, means peace. The Mexicans say the Pacific has no memory, Andy said. And that's where I want to live out the rest of my days. So the reference, obviously, to a place where your sins are forgotten is where the hope comes into the movie. The last words that were spoken in the movie were Red's thoughts as he traveled on a bus to Mexico. He said, I hope I can make it across the border. I hope I can see my friend and shake his hand. He said, I hope the Pacific as blue is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. It's the final, final line of the movie. He made a choice at that point where, where he had ignored hope before his entire life. Uh, he was afraid of it and the disappointment that it might bring. We all have that choice. I have on the screen the... Um, the quote from Christopher Reeves that says, once you choose hope, anything is possible. And again, it's just um, interesting that it is a choice in, in that movie and um, his whole life and, and again, his whole um, feeling of freedom and, and trust and love and, and all those um, went to a different level when, when he chose hope. I went to Pam's store last week after the snow and ice storm. That's the picture behind the quote, um, is her parking lot. I couldn't even pull in on either side of her parking lot. Uh, these huge ice boulders were there from the county or whoever was, was shoveling. Normally it's slush, uh, but in this weather they turned into just rock hard boulders that you couldn't even drive through. Um, a plow couldn't, I think, even have cleared that lot. So the ice was real thick. And uh, I, I wasn't even going to get out of the car. I said, I'm going to get home quick, and I'm going to tell her this store ain't opening. <laughs> but um, I decided uh, to get out and kind of walk over the frozen tundra there for a minute. And um, right out in the middle of the parking lot, there's no explanation for it, 
but there was a, about maybe a six inch round hole where I could see the blacktop. And uh, I looked up, as it, as it, it's just as if something melted and dripped there to, to warm it. There's no roof above it where this was. And uh, I'm like, I couldn't understand that. Uh, but it was a glimmer of hope. It was my glimmer of hope. And I had this old metal shovel uh, from my mom and dad's house. And once I got a corner in under that little section there, it just started breaking up these big pieces of ice in each direction. Some of them, uh, they were like icebergs. I had to break them up to be able to lift them. And I kind of regretted starting, as you see. The, uh, that, part, that little section cleared there it was after about an hour of work. And uh, I'm like, man, why didn't I just stay in the car? And uh, it, it took us a couple days to get further. We, you know, I, I had to quit because I'm a little weak and lazy. Um, but we put some salt down, and, and it, even the sun behind the clouds helped making a difference. And we kept going out, and so we actually ended up, we, we did clear almost the entire parking lot. And it was all because of that one little tiny spot that was my glimmer of hope. And... Again, it took some, it took some work. It, it, was a, it was a choice to, to continue when I really didn't want to. And I just want to say that we have to look for that glimmer of hope and be willing to, to take a step out and find it. I know um, your lives are no movie. And there's people in our church that, is, that are hurting. I, I know our little parking lot means nothing compared to your battles with cancer and death and the, and the things that we all face. I don't understand why sometimes we don't see this glimmer of hope, but I know it's there. I want to read uh, another scripture. If you want to turn to that, it's Romans chapter 8 and verses 24 and 25. Romans chapter 8, and the first verse 24 says, For in this hope we were saved. And we could probably stop right there. It continues, Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what we already have? Verse 25 says, If we hope for what we do not yet have, we must wait for it patiently. And I think that's a... That, that might be where, where we are as a church. We've waited. We've been in the dark and we've hoped. I read a story about a Holocaust survivor and he was recalling uh, the eve of Hanukkah in 1944. He was in a prison camp. It was December 10th, 1944. Most of the people in the... Um, in the Holocaust and prison camps they had no idea even what month that it was. They had no calendar. They, um, it was hard to keep track of. This man named Hugo uh, kept meticulous detail about what happened in there, and, and he kept a calendar as well. So on December 10th, 1944, it was Hanukkah Eve, and he had been saving his rations of butter uh, to make a candle. And he had a wick and uh, put it into the butter. And this, again, was Hanukkah Eve. He called some other prisoners in the barracks together uh, to recite the prayers for Hanukkah. 
And the one man called him a fool. One of the other prisoners said, this, this butter that, that you're uh, putting a flame to is what sustains us. It's one of the only things that keeps us alive. And Hugo replied to him, I've gone three weeks without food. I've gone three days without water. But I can't go three more minutes without hope. So I'm going to close here. I want to um, just pray over our church. We've already had prayer this morning that's been so good. We prayed for strength and, and for healing um, of one another, but I just feel called to pray for hope. So um, I want to, I'll, I'll just pray for the church and release you. If you uh, need to go, you're dismissed, but I just really feel if there's some um, something on your hearts uh, that, that you would like to come forward for, especially in terms of, of hope. If you need that extra level of hope, I want, um, I want you to, uh, to come forward here for prayer. So I ask the Lord seals this message of hope over each of you. Your word tells us that redemption comes and hope is part of the equation. It's a, it's a fallen world and, and our hope in you is what overcomes it. We have people, Father, and um, like I said, we've already prayed to you for strength and for healing, but I feel we have people here that, that need hope, and I call on you. I lift them up to you for that level of hope, Father, and in the name of your Son, Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask that you fill them. I almost... Um, keep referring back to Pam's testimony about the two eagles and, and the double portion. I almost feel that there's some people here that need two eagles to lift them up. I just, I just feel maybe, maybe, there's custom, maybe there's couples here and there's an eagle for each, um, each half of your relationship. But I just feel called to pray for marriages and for couples who are here to be blessed with that level of hope. And then faith and love and trust, all the things part of the equation, Father. I ask that you fill them and lift them up. I want to pray a scripture over you from Romans chapter 15 of verse 13 and it says may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you each of you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit so again we know the Lord visits here and he brings wholeness to our church and he brings us hope and I think that's the place to start wherever you're at in your battle I want to pray for you. Especially if you're at that very lowest point and you feel hopeless, I want you to come forward. If you feel like you can't go three more minutes without hope,